I don't know about you. Maybe you're really good at this. Maybe you catch on super quickly. So as soon as you face a consequence for something, you immediately go, oh, this happened because I did this. So I am not going to do it anymore. Yeah, that's really smart. If you're that type of person, congrats to you. A a lot of us take a lot longer in, in a fortunate amount of time, actually. Hey guys, it's Amber, wife, mother, warrior, type A child of God. Here at Little Things, we examine everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for joining me. Just the other day, it was raining. It was just absolutely pouring outside, and I went to the door to look out my windows and my door, and as I was sitting there, I thought, you know what? I think when I was outside last night, I noticed my daughter's car windows were down. So I raced into her room and I'm like, hey, by any chance, did you roll up your windows last night? And two minutes later, she was outside in the downpour rolling up her windows. And when she came back in, I said, hey, remember a month ago when this happened? And I reminded you that, you know, before you come in at night, you should just make sure that your windows are always up. She's like, yep, totally remember that. Mm Mm-hmm. My son, his friends aren't in school anymore and his girlfriend's back home. It's been a little bit hard to make it home and to bed on time, even though he works super early. And I tried very gently to say, you know, hey, you're kind of pushing it. And uh, of course, that's no fun. And then two days in a row, he ended up very late for work because he overslept. When will he learn? Well, I can throw some stones, but in all truth, the facility where I work has afternoon coffee time every day, and they have cooks on site who make delicious, delectable desserts like pies and cookies and cakes and all kinds of amazing treats. And I have noticed, of course, by experience, that if I indulge in these about 20 to 30 minutes later, I am absolutely dragging because the sugar brings me up and then it leaves me completely toast. Like I have no energy. I'm just worthless. So you would think then that that means I just avoid those snacks at all costs, right? Yeah, I'd like to say that was true, but um, sometimes I, I give in. It took years for me to figure out this shopping thing. So I would get a coupon from the store, you know, 30% off, or you get cash back or this free when you spend this much money. And I'd think, oh man, I can go get a new outfit. I can go get this. I can do that, whatever. And, you know, it took me years to realize how much time I was spending shopping, trying things on, bringing things home when I really didn't need anything. It was 2020. It was 2020 when I was going through my closet and I was like, I am not shopping again. Like this just isn't worth it. I have so much clothes. I bet if if I don't shop for the next five years, I'm not going to miss anything. And you know what? We're two and a half years in and I have to say that I don't miss anything. If I wear something until it gets holes in it or wears out, I throw it away. And guess what? I still have enough that I don't have to go rush out and get anything. And I am definitely saving money and time 
by not shopping. And it wasn't until the fall of 2021 that I realized that, you know, all these places where I put my security were just shifting sand. So we lived for 25 years. My husband and I were married 25 years in 2021. And we lived with this false sense of security that, you know, a paycheck was a given, that there would never be a time that a company would downsize or that my husband would ever find himself, you know, suddenly in a predicament where he could be one of the ones cut. And when we went through that, I suddenly realized that God was the constant, that corporations, they're fickle. They have all sorts of ideas about who they want to keep and who they want to get rid of. And of course, if you're, you know, if you've been there longer and you have a higher wage and you get more paid time off and that type of thing, sometimes corporations just decide that, you know, you're the ones that they want to get rid of. And, you know, again, like this is all new to me. And in light of all these things, I'm left to wonder, how do we become quicker to catch on? You know, when you look at the disciples, when you read the gospels, and I just, I am so thankful God was so truthful in the gospels. And we just got to see people for who they really were. But when you look at the disciples, they were really slow to catch on. I mean, Jesus was saying things like the son of man has to go and suffer and die at the hands of the Jewish leaders, and he will be raised again on the third day. And they're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, and then you're going to become, then you're going to restore Israel. I mean, is that when this whole thing is going down? And it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost that they really started to get it. So I'm left to ask myself, like, what can we do to catch on faster? Okay, so I came up with three things that I think will help us exponentially down the road. Number one, Proverbs 13.20 says this, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Dan Pena, also uh, Craig Groeschel, several people have been attributed with saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So examine the people that you walk with through life because that'll tell you a lot. Do your friends like to read? Are they constantly pushing themselves to learn more, to grow, to do more? Or are they of the type that is like, um, yeah, I, I really, I, I don't care. I'm doing status quo, getting by with a bare minimum. Um, do the people around you complain a lot? If they're complaining a lot, there's a good chance that you're going to complain too. The difference is in this. Okay, say that it's 30 below zero and you walk into work. And you're like, man, it's cold. And right off the bat, everybody's like, miserable. I hate winter. Yeah, it stinks. Can't stand it. I don't know why I live here. Everybody's just commiserating in misery, right? Now, what if we walked into work and we were like, whoo, 30 below. That's invigorating, man. I am totally awake. And someone else says, yeah, I'm so grateful for my heated seats. And someone else is like, you know, it usually only lasts a few days. I mean, all things considered, it's not that big of a deal. Totally changes the perspective, totally changes the mood, right? Now, a lot of times we cannot change who our coworkers are, but we sometimes can get in a different job, a different position that has us around different people, or we can be the tone setter. You know, we can be the one who, instead of complaining and 
and joining in, we can be the one that's like, yeah, you know, it's okay. Or you know what I was reading the other day? I was reading that if you're grateful, it actually changes the way you think and you stop complaining and you start seeing all the things to be grateful for. So instead of being, you know, all bummed out because it's 30 below zero, you're going to start to see those things that are really awesome about your life, even though it is 30 below zero. Like the fact that you live in a house that has heat, you don't have to go chop the wood and keep the fire going. And we have warm water. And, you know, if you surround yourself with people who have zero desire for growth, and in fact, revel in making the same mistakes over and over and over, there's a good chance that you will too. In fact, uh, Darren Hardy writes this in The Compound Effect. According to research by social psychologist Dr. David McClelland of Harvard, the people you habitually associate with determine as much as 95% of your success or failure in life. I need you to really think about that. Who are you choosing to spend your time with? Okay. Like I said, you may not be able to change your siblings or, um, you know, certain people in your life, but you can definitely spur your spouse on to growth. You can read books together. You can, you know, spend some time together spurring one another to do better and to be better and be different people. You can get to know different people around you. If there's people at your church, you notice always seem to be smiling or really seem to be making an effort and just seem to have a different attitude. Go introduce yourself. Who are those people? I think I might want to be friends with them. Number two. Pray for God to open your eyes, especially to the way that you're making these repetitive mistakes in life. Because I don't think we necessarily always do it Um, cognizantly. I think most of the time we're just falling into these bad habits and we're not even realizing why we do it. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, the Apostle Paul said this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Did you notice that the Apostle Paul was like, I'm praying that your eyes are open, that your heart sees that you have this amazing hope that you've been called to, and that you see the riches of the glorious inheritance that we have as saints, and that you understand the incomparably great power that you have in God. So when we start to notice a pattern, particularly a pattern of sin or a pattern of struggle, we can pray for the power to overcome and also pray that God opens our eyes to what's going on. So last week I had a disagreement with my daughter and we've had this disagreement before. We both have very different sides of one particular issue that we have just not been able to come to terms on. And so we we went down that same road. We're both holding our ground. And afterward, you know, she walks out of the house and she leaves. And immediately, I mean, she had no more than walked out the door. And I was looking for the re- through the refrigerator for snacks. And it wasn't until that very moment that I was like, wait a second. I'm not even hungry. Like I am turning to food because I am emotionally upset right now. So now that I'm aware of that, 
now I can recognize that. And the next time that I'm in a difficult position, I've had a hard conversation, I can choose something else. I can choose to go for a walk or pray or read my Bible or clean. I used to do a lot of cleaning when I was upset and angry back in the days, and I have gotten away from that. And, you know, that was always a good way to get out that extra aggression. (laughs) And so often we aren't even aware of what we're doing. You know, we come home from work and maybe go right to the couch and sit down and turn on the TV. We haven't even thought about it. It's just become a habit. And, or, you know, you go to the fridge and you get that beer. Like you, you aren't even thinking, do I want this? Is this, you know, really going to do anything for me? It's just, it's just a habit. So pray for God to open your eyes to why you're doing what you're doing so that you can change some of these things if they're not suiting your needs. And number three, this is a big, big one. Watch what you're allowing in. So here's the thing. If you spend a lot of time watching a certain sitcom or a show, you might pick up on some of the phrases that those actors use. Or if you're watching a show where an actor uses a certain raunchy phrase or some off-color language, all of a sudden you find those words coming into your mind when you're in a tough spot or even coming out of your mouth, or that song that keeps playing in your mind, it just may be hijacking your growth. So Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, guard your heart from for everything you do flows from it. Okay, we need to break this down a little bit because I don't want you to miss this. We're told this is number one priority, above all else, uh, Before anything else, like you need to guard your heart. You need to defend it. You need to watch over it. You need to keep it from being harmed. You need to guard it. As in, be very, very careful what you allow into it. If you've got a lazy mentality, that is not going to serve you well. If you're partaking in foolishness, you will have consequences. If you allow gluttony to take its place in your heart, it will slow you down. Why do we have to make this such a priority? Because we're told everything we do, everything originates in the heart. Just think of that for a minute. Everything originates in the heart. So if you're spending your spare time on your phone or scrolling through some social media site or watching TV or watching new movies and constant entertainment, the gossip magazines, That's what you are putting in. If you are spending your spare time reading a book of the Bible, studying the ways of Jesus, if you are looking at a Christian book, reading and studying a Christian book to really get a new concept down, if you are listening to Christian podcasts as you're doing the dishes or, or, you know, weeding your garden or whatever, you're allowing those people to speak into you. We are far, far, far too fickle about what we watch, what we read, what we listen to, what we give our attention to. And way too often, the very first thing that falls off of our to-do list is reading the Bible and praying. And these are the very things that keep us connected to God and give us the power to make different choices. When I teach Sunday school or Bible history, I've told the kids many, many, many times, your faith walk begins and ends every day. So just because you read your Bible yesterday doesn't mean 
you are going to stay close to God if you don't read it for the next week. You know, and just because you read your Bible today doesn't mean you won't choose to not read it tomorrow. Like every single day, we have choices to make about what we're allowing into our heart, what we want to set up shop in our heart and in our mind. There's a Chinese proverb that says this, be not afraid of growing slowly, be afraid only of standing still. Hmm. We don't want to be the kind of people that don't grow at all. So just choose one area of your life that you want to change and take small steps. You probably cannot change everything overnight. I don't know anybody who could, but you can take one area and you can really work on that and go for that. So for me in 2022, the area that I have chosen, my uh, husband and I, we decided to really conquer a budget goal. So we have something that we're really trying to work hard to put money towards and we have a, a goal in mind. And so I'm working way more than I used to. I'm trying to work the opposite schedule that my husband does so that one of us is home with our kids at the time. But that's a different goal than I had a year ago. And because of that, because I'm working so much, I'm not exercising a lot. Um, last year, I, wor- I worked out every day, most days of the year. Maybe had 10 days all year that I didn't work out. This year, not so much because I'm working a lot. So I can't have the same goals. Um, so choose one area of your life that you really want to change. You want to make some improvements in and just break it down into small steps. What are you going to do today? What, are you, what is your goal for the week? What's your goal for the month going forward? But don't stand still, just like the Chinese proverb. Be afraid of standing still, not of going slow. Slow progress is good. It's progress. Just stay in the fight and just don't be content to stay right where you're at, making the same mistakes day after day after day. This has been Little Things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Thanks for listening to Little Things today. I know that there are so many things that you could listen to, so I don't take it for granted that you are here listening to me now. I want to listen to you. If you have any feedback or suggestions, if there's topics that you'd like to see me cover, or if you'd just like to say hi, go ahead and drop me an email at amber at timeofgrace.org.